latest appearance then of Michael Gomez in the Black Trunks here is a pretty exciting young fighter with a good following. A lot of his fans wearing Mexican hats here because, uh, well, he's got a Latin fighter as his hero, Wilfredo Gomez. Oh, big left hook, and that should be the end of it. No count needed. It's over. Good decision by referee Ken Curtis. Waves the fight over without the count. And Michael Gomez has done that probably inside a minute. Ten years after that fight, I boxed in the National Stadium. There was another fight in the card that night, and something was going to happen. Something strange. Something I'd never seen in the ring before or since. Good evening and you're welcome to the National Stadium here in Dublin for our first Pro Box Live of 2006. We've got a great night of action ahead for you, including two of the hottest Irish talents around, Bernard Dunn and Michael Gomez. I was fighting alongside another Irish boxer called Michael Gomez. He had a reputation, inside and outside of the ring. And Gomez is, a, is an intimidating kind of person. I can, I can say now, I shook hands with him over there and so on. But he's not a nice kind of person. He's really intimidating. He was the bad boy of boxing. Wild, aggressive, nasty. More than anything else, unpredictable. So, hey, Dylan, uh, where does Michael live, Michael Gomez? He's 25, is it? I remember that fight in the National Stadium. At the way in, Gomez was going crazy. The fight nearly started there. He was shouting at Peter McDonough, I'm going to knock you out. And this wasn't just for show. No, the way in yesterday, we got a little uh, a, a snatch of it earlier on. I, I sometimes think, so, I think I have to say that these things are staged. This certainly wasn't. The two men would have no idea what would happen that night in the ring. I suppose nobody did. Probably one person could really explain. And that was Michael Gomez. Eight years on, and I'm in Moston, Manchester, to meet Michael Gomez and to find out what really happened that night. You seem to like inflicting pain. Like, you know, we're just looking at the picture here in your sitting room with the framed gloves um, of Alex Arthur lying on his back and you just standing over him, snarling down at him. Look at that bit. Yeah, with well, a smile on your face. You know, it's you, you seem to enjoy the fact that you could inflict that sort of pain on people. It was like... Um... My way of getting all the bitterness out, you know, like all the bad thoughts and that. My way of getting it out was throwing shots. My way was like hurting other people, making them feel how I felt. There was always stories about Gomez. Let's get and, uh, some information and find a little bit more about Michael Gomez, a very interesting character, born in Longford. Michael Armstrong is actually his real name, but you'll hear more about that in a minute. He changed it to Michael Gomez. Let's find out all about him now. But sometimes I thought they were just myths. I was born in Longford, and I was born in a car on the side of the road. Yeah, she gave birth to me on the side of the road. On the side of the road, she gave birth to you? Yeah. Popped out. His father, who was clinically blind, crashed the car trying to drive Michael's mother to the hospital. His mother ended up giving birth on the side of a road outside of Longford. 
I think a lot of people don't know your story. Your trainer tells me that you were born in a car and brought up in a children's home. It's, it's what a success. That was real life. It's not a story. That's not a story. That was real life, he replied. This is proud to be Irish. I was 100% proud of where I've come from. And I was born in a car, raised in caravans. I was born in Ireland and proud of that. Yeah, I was raised, raised in Dublin, spent most of the time in, in Chicago and, and Ballymun. I was offered a WBU world title fight against Willie Lamond in Scotland, you know, which is a big thing. We turned down to go to Ireland and, and you know, make a home, home appearance for an Irish title, so that's how much it means to me. I was always at it, I was always fine since we were fine with other travelling kids. So whoever, whoever won, that had got a point by a beer or whatever. That's our first time. So your, your dad allowed you to fight so we could get a, a couple of points? Yeah, that's how I started off. One of his last memories of ever living in Dublin was when his younger sister Louise died. The family emigrated to Manchester soon after. My mum was trying to run to get away from it. Which is you know, like something you can't do. You gotta stay and grieve, but she never grieves. She tried to move away from it. Do you understand that? Yeah. She like she tried to get away from it. Michael was nine when the family arrived in Manchester. Then when we come here, we, we, we move next door to a lesbian couple. My brother ended up with one of the lesbians. Had six. Your ended up with one of the lesbians. Yeah, he had six kids. So and my mum ran off with the other one. Did she left home? Left home, left all the kids in that. The teenage Michael ended up in and out of care homes. And it was at this stage that he met someone special, his future wife, Alison. So you know Alison since you were 13? She was 13, I was 14. I used to shoplift, she was a pretty good shoplifter. I was a really good shoplifter. I used to rob meat, deodorants, uh, shampoos and stuff like that. And I used to leave, when he used to sell the stuff to Anna, I used to leave some deodorant and some spot cream for Alison for free. That's how I saw that charmed. And you had your first child? I was 15. 15? Yeah. She got pregnant when she was 15. She was pregnant when she was 16. And you would have been? 17. 17 then? Yeah. And a father? It's no coincidence that the year he became a father, he became a fighter. And, uh, Is that the same year you turned professional? Same year, turned pro. Nine, June the 10th, 1995. Well, my real name is Michael Armstrong, but uh, I've boxed under the name Michael Gomez. Uh, comes started off as a, a joke. And he said to me, you have to change the name. I was going to change it to Michael McGuigan. <laughs> Were you really? That's all, that's all I was going to do. I was watching a tape of a fighter called Wilfredo Gomez, who I liked, great style, throws a great left uppercut, like myself, and... Uh... I was trying a lot of left uppercuts, because that was his knockout shot, and he started nicknaming me that in the gym. And it sort of, like, stuck and snowballed. Now people come to me fights with sombreros on, and... We're minutes from the ring walks in Dublin, and the National Stadium is filling up nicely. McDowling, who's it going to be for you? For me, Gomez, he's the man who won the mind games as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. McDonough doesn't have the power. It has to be, for me, Gomez. Steve? I agree with Michael. You have to fancy Gomez. He's got the experience behind him and the ability. It's getting close to fight time. I can hear Gomez outside my dressing room, pacing up and down the corridor, calling for McDonough. He's telling him he's going to kill him, punching the walls. Security have to separate the two dressing rooms for fear that Gomez will get to him before the fight. Here last night at the amateur finals, Michael Gomez was gunning 
for McDonough. He said, I'm going to put him away tomorrow night. Have no doubt about that. And if he's in that sort of mood today, he's really wired, Michael. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen him last night and he's really ready for it. So it's going to be explosive. This is going to be some, some ding, 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 dong, as they say. Some ding, ding, dong, as, uh, as they would say. It's very nearly that time to bring the boxers to the ring and Mike Goodall is waiting with the introductions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a packed National Boxing Stadium here in Dublin. You join us for the first of the night's events. Please welcome first to the ring from London, Peter McDonough. That thrill of going one-on-one -on -one with somebody, that moment of your standing behind the court, the moment the music starts. Okay. It's showtime. It's my time. Miss it so much. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the ring from Manchester, Michael! Before we see what happens in the fifth round, we need to go back to the start of Michael Gomez's boxing career. In 2001, aged just 19, having just defeated Wayne Jones, Michael is out with some friends in a nightclub when a row breaks out. The doorman knew I was, so they got kicked out of the club. And they waited outside for us. When we came outside, they was already there waiting for us. And they broke into a fight. Come rushing at me. I threw a shot. When I was in court, I explained there's a big, big left hook. I just threw a big left hook. It just went terribly wrong. Just banged his head and died. The first charge was premeditated murder. He says it was a professional boxer. Then it goes up to murder. Then it goes up to manslaughter. I got no guilty on a manslaughter. It was an accident. Should have never happened. Sam Powell. Sam Powell. Did you know? No, I never knew. Just never get away, never, never get away from it. It's always there, even to this day. I go to church, I pray, lay a candle for the lad. Because an accident, should have never happened. Michael Gomez was to go undefeated for the next four years. In the red corner, wearing the green, Irish, white and orange trunks of Ireland. He hails from Dublin and now fights out of Manchester. He weighed in at nine stone eight and a half pounds. He holds a 38 fight professional record, 32 wins, 22 wins by way of knockout and six losses. He comes to the ring as the former WBU, WBO super featherweight champion of the world. Please welcome the predator, Michael Gilman. After that, that's when I went on a winning spree, if you watch my records. You, you had 19 fights after that. Unbeaten. Unbeaten, yes. Was that a wake-up call, that instance, you know, with that young kid? It was a shock and there was a lot of guilt involved. That's when I started drinking heavy, because of the guilt. Oh, it was then you started to drink heavy, yeah. was it? 
trying trying to get away from the trying to get away from the, the, the guilt. And suddenly from nowhere, Michael Gomez had produced a great shot, and he looks here to go in and take advantage. Can Thornhill get through the crisis? He desperately needs to hold on. Lemba way of knockout. Uh, which demonstrated kind of how powerful you could be and how devastating you could be when you were on form. There's sombreros being thrown in the ring, but what a win that is for Michael Gomez. Drinking, there was a lot of drugs involved as well. Drugs as well? Yeah. What like sort of drugs were you taking? Cocaine, uh, amphetamine, ecstasy, just like... And was this while you trained, Michael? It was sort of like, get off me head to block everything out. But he's caught by a left hook there from Gomez, exploded that punch. I was drinking, I was drinking quite a lot, I was drinking enough every night, but I was drinking spirits, so it dehydrated me, I wouldn't really pull out much weight on me. Like, are we talking four or five shots, are we talking a nagging, are we talking... I'm talking a bottle of whiskey. A bottle of whiskey, a night, yeah, yeah. you were drinking? Yeah. And competing as a professional athlete? Yeah. And, and drugs-wise? I used to drink a bottle of whiskey, I used to be sat at home drinking it. So I'm really taking drugs, because I don't take drugs when I was out. How long before fights would you stop drinking, or would you drink right up to fights? I'd have to stop drinking about... I'd have to give it at least ten days before one to pass the drugs test and two to make a weight. So you would stop taking drugs and drink ten days before a fight yeah. to make weight and, and just have clean urine? Yeah. And still, you won the British title, WBU in the Continental title. World. World title. WBU World. I won Young Best. All of this 19 fight spree. Yeah. Just, just, just like even now, my head's still, still messed up over like having to live with that kid dying. I mean, my mad life. But Michael Gomez, to the delight of those sombrero clad fans. Is the British super featherweight champion in only the second round. First of all, I'd like to thank my support very much. And I want to dedicate this belt to a young lad who died in my company in Manchester two years ago. Sam Powell. This is for you, Sam. I love you and I'm sorry for what happened. Well, when I first met Gomez, we was on a, an England squad at Crystal Palace. We was in the room, obviously, we got talking. I was clicked like that, I mean, he was just talking as if we'd known each other for years. We were going on about family and stuff, and he was telling me he had a kid. And I was like, wow, yeah, he's 15. 15, 16, do you know what I mean? I couldn't believe it, mate, but... Everyone knew him, no matter where we went. Didn't, not just in Manchester. I remember once we went to Blackpool, I think we went on someone's stag do or something. Everyone went up there, and he was, everyone knew him there. Gomez phoned me up, where are you? I'm in Tenerife. I was in Tenerife with all my mates and my big bird and I'm coming. He goes, no, you're not. He goes, I'm coming. I said, nah, you're not coming. I'm coming. Where are you? I told him and everything. Next day, he turned up. Him and, him and Alison turned up. That was it. Tenerife went wild. It was wild. Yeah, follow you around. How are you, my man? Gomez seemed to think people didn't notice. I came here to meet his best friend and stablemate, Michael Jennings. Jennings fought Miguel Cotto in Madison Square Garden. It's old school, it's old school. It's not, um, we've been going into all the gyms and that and they're all high tech, but this is just uh, 
This is how we wanted it. We wanted it like this. Four walls and a boxing ring. Yeah. This is what we wanted. And then when they actually examined his arm, oh, it was a... His back of his arm here, tricep or whatever it's called, it was just hanging... It was, it was literally sliced from there to there. From the elbow right up near right to the up, armpit. Yeah, near enough to the armpit. And it was just hanging off like a flap of skin. Himself and Gomez get stabbed one night. And Gomez ends up flatlining for 48 seconds. The stuff what puts you to sleep, he went allergic to. He came back and he was massive. You were like... Well, <laughs> <laughs> like his head had just swelled. His whole body. It was just like someone had put, put a pump in him and pumped him up. He was massive. I mean, with Gomez, when I first went to the gym, uh, from the boxing side, Gomez was probably one of the most dedicated kids in the gym. He was really good. He could do any, he could do everything. He could box. For his weight, he was he was strong. Me and Gomez, we were sparring every day, and I was welterweight, and I sparred with Gomez hundreds and hundreds of rounds, and he could punch. And as far as talent goes, honestly, he, he had. Ev I'm not just saying it. He had everything. He had the lot. He could. Like, like at that time, you had Ricky Hatton, you had Anthony. Um, Farnell. Farnell. Oh, there we go. Famigos. That's what they called him, weren't it? The, the, the Manchester trio. Yeah. Farnell, Hatton and Gomez, uh, before he even won the British title, got, I thought, and I think so did a lot of other people thought that Gomez, would, out of them three, including Ricky, Gomez would have been the one. Looking at it from an outsider point of view, I remember when he won his um, um, Central Area title. Mm. And from that fight, things just started changing. Like before that, Gomez would be in the gym, you know, with us every night, every day of the week and he'd be doing his running and what have you. And then from that, things just started changing. He started missing the gym. Instead of having a week off, he'd have two weeks off, he'd have three weeks off. And then when he started coming to the gym... And it wasn't just taking a break, he was actually out on the drink, he yeah, was... Yeah, yeah, doing all sorts of stuff. And then, but when he came back to the gym, don't get me wrong, he'd get stuck into his training, but there was just little things what were different, you know, with him, you could see. Do you know what I mean? But we didn't know that at the time. Obviously, we knew he was up mm. to stuff, but not up to that extent, you know, nights before a big fight like that. Normally, Gomez would be in a changing room punching lockers. Do you know what I mean? He'd, he'd, be, punching, he'd be punching dints into lockers and everything. But that night, he just didn't see him himself at all. There was something wrong. There was, he just wasn't right. He wasn't himself. And afterwards, apparently, he'd been partying. Do you know what I mean? But we didn't know that at the time. Obviously, we knew he was up to stuff, but not up to that extent, you know, nights before a big fight like that. To do something like that, that's just... Is it normal? I don't know. I don't think it's normal, is it? It's not normal. Nights before a big fight like that. Just fighting on sheer instinct now. Two more left and a right. He's gone here. The referee surely has to stop the fight, and he does. And I have to say... And I know Brian Hughes in the corner will quarrel with me, but I have to say he should have been pulled out at the end of the previous round. Bogner has won. That's not the most important thing. It's the first time Gomez has lost in nearly four years. But how is he? What is his medical condition in there? It's very, very worrying. I stopped um, taking drugs about a week before, but I carried on drinking. That's why I got beat. No excuses or nothing, but that's why he beat me. Because I had to rip the weight off. I had to panic then. To, to, I had to panic to lose the weight. 
Frank, well, you were just over there in the corner with Brian and Michael. What on earth was wrong with him tonight? I don't know. Brian said that he's, you know, he's had the flu, which is, uh, you know, which we just, we just literally heard about. Um, and he just wasn't in there tonight. He didn't look right tonight. Should he have been in the ring tonight? Well, with a benefit of hindsight, no. There was a rematch. Bogner Gomez too. In the first two rounds, Gomez is floored by the Hungarian. And once again, Gomez is looking a complete shell of what he used to be. And nobody can say he had flu this time. Thumping left hand, cracking in through the high half guard. The damage to the eye is worse. And these are torrid times here for Michael Gomez. What on earth is the matter with him? In the third round, Gomez floors the Hungarian and wins. There were too many boxers who get knocked down in each of the first two rounds and got up to knock their opponent out in the third. That was Michael Gomez. The relief is tangible for Gomez because he was looking almost right down the barrel in terms of his career about five minutes ago. Well, it was determination. He really wanted to win here. In the second round, in a rematch against Laszlo Bogno, it showed how brave I was because in the first round I got dropped, in the second round I got dropped. Most fighters would have buckled and fell apart. But on me, I came out and stopped him in the third round. Showed me, showed me strength, determination. The drinking and drugs. Gomez just couldn't keep getting away with it. He lost again. This time to Kevin Lear. Well, there's a discussion going on there with Gomez saying, "Don't stop it." With Brian Hughes. Now, now, what is happening here? He's stopping the fight. Brian Hughes wants to stop it. I'm not going to let you take that punishment, Gomez coach said. No, please, Michael. I'm positive. He's made the decision. I'm positive, he says. After that fight, he urged the 25-year-old Gomez to retire for his own sake. 25. You get beat by Kevin Lear and yourself and your long-time trainer from amateur days and your professional career, you break up. Mm-hmm. You and Brian Hughes. I left Brian Hughes when I got beat by Kevin Lear. Because I remember, he pulled me out of the fight. He retired you in the fight, yes. He yeah. felt you were taking an offer and he felt it was probably time for you to go to Pastors New and look for a different career. Every fight was finished after the Kevin Lee fight. And all it was was down to my dedication. Really, whether he believes that Michael Gomez has now just had too many hard fights and is on the slide. It has looked like that. We don't want to be harsh about him. It's been a fabulous story, his rise to championship level from children's homes and truancy and tearaway. But I think the fact is now he's not the fighter that he was. By 2003, Michael Gomez was seen as a stepping stone for up-and-coming fighters. At this stage of my career, I was training in LA, in the wildcard gym, made famous by Freddie Roach. A young Scottish fighter by the name of Alex Arthur, or as he was more commonly known in Scotland, the amazing Alex Arthur, came over to train with me. He wasn't just a great Scottish hope, he was a great British hope for winning a world title, which was something he would later do in his career. But right now he was getting ready to fight Michael Gomez. And training with Alex. I didn't give Gomez a chance. Because I'm just I, I just love that image. There's a framed picture 
on the wall of Michael Gomez's home. Just above us is the is the gloves you wore in the fight, yes? Yeah. And a picture of you just looking down on Alex Arthur um, and you just staring at him. Ricky yeah, Hatton from the other side. Ricky Hatton on the other side. What was going through your mind just there as you as you looked down at him on the floor, referee waving the fight off? What are you thinking? I don't need I've showed you all. And before I was finished, and before, before I was the end of Michael Gomez, I showed them all once again. The fight was incredible. But there is one thing that stands out about this fight. It's Gomez, so intense, there is a burning ferocity and concentration about him. There has been all the way through the build-up, and everyone around him says he has never, ever been in shape like this. I wonder to myself how... Michael Gomez, drinking a bottle of whiskey a night, beat the amazing Alex Arthur. Surely now Gomez will do it. Yeah, he's down again. He's down again. And he gets up too quickly again. And he doesn't know where he is. I wonder whether John Furl has stopped it now. So let's get the benefit of the doubt. Now he's stopped it this time. And Michael Gomez has the victory after a truly... He bobbed and weaved like a snail. And bang! Like every time he threw a punch, it just seemed to explode on Alex Arthur. And Gomez has come back from some periods in his career when, frankly, we all thought he was shot, and he's won this fight. This is Gomez's zenith. His peak. How he'll be remembered by five fans. The performance of a career. But hell. Yeah. Was that one of the greatest fights you have ever seen? That was a fabulous fight. At any fight. level. Yeah, that was a fabulous, fabulous fight. And Gomez was fantastic. Absolutely. And I apologise for all through his career that I haven't given him the full credit he deserves. No He'll get it from now on. For me, I think this image, Michael, I think it typifies everything that you were about. You know, you've got you've got the golden boy at the time who was who was Alex Arthur. And you've got Michael Gomez who had been probably drinking, taking drugs. Oh, that was the only fight. That was the only fight I'd done 12 weeks. It's the only fight in my career I'd done 12 weeks for. If I ever had been messing about on the south for a beamer, it's the only fight I was dedicated for. And I watched that fight, and your your performance there was incredible. Yeah, the movement was unbelievable. It was, you rolled and rolled, you got down, your left hook, you just never missed with it. It was like a bomb every time you let it go. I was in the best shape of my life, physically and mentally. But a performance like that, would that not then encourage you to stop drinking at the time? No, it encouraged me to party more. I went out of control after that. After I got a win off Alex Arthur, I went more out of control. It was actually counterproductive. Yeah. So I went, went berserk. Did that fight finish me? Did 12 weeks training for that 12 fight? 12 weeks of training and dedication, more points to it, burn me out. I was never the same fire after that fight. But how long did you party for after Alex Arthur? About well, six months. I fought you fire after Alex Arthur. I fought, I fought Ben Matter for the WBU world title. And, uh, I struggled to make weight again because of my party. Like, so, would it be... Binges. Just pie into my body collapse. Despite the drinking drugs, Gomez managed to win his next two fights. But things unravelled 
when he faced Javier Alvarez in the MEN arena. Messed up. What happened in that fight? Was, was it you messing up? Was he too good? That was me messing up. You can tell that by the way my face built up. I struggled to make the weight. I was partying too much. My wife went away with the kids. It was near Christmas time. Uh, I found after Christmas. But at Christmas time she went away with the kids and left me in the house on my own to train. Because I was left on my own, I went out of control. And pie and more. I don't have people back to the house every night for pies. Was that the end of Michael Gomez? Can people have your Alvarez? No. The end of Michael Gomez was against Alex Arthur after the Arthur fight. We never saw the real Michael Gomez after that? Never. I could have achieved so much more if I had dedicated myself, but I didn't. I've got to live with that for the rest of my life. Gomez retaliates, as you can see, with one, two, three, four, five unanswered punches. That's the thing, he's able to cluster them, whereas Maidana isn't. Three years after he beats Alex Arthur. Nine fights and a lot of drinking drugs. It's the fifth round in the National Stadium. And Gomez has dominated the fourth ball. Big, big support for both men, but particularly for Gomez Armstrong. Huge crowds in one man based in Manchester, Gomez, one based in London, McDonough. And then it happens. Why have come to Manchester? Gomez drops his hands, turns his back, just stops in the middle of the ring. And McDonough throws one, two, three, maybe a half dozen shots. But Gomez eventually. A sensational finish. Absolutely, and he just like stopped it. It reminds me of Duran Leonard. He just he walked away. It's just it's it's mind-boggling here. He just he just stopped boxing. And McDonough was perfectly in his right to keep punching. Look, he just turned away. He turned away. He just turned away. Now he's getting caught in the back of the head and there. It. Extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. I think there was a stab of mental breakdown. Just like, it's not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it myself. But what was going through your head when... How did you make the decision to turn your back and, OK, I'm not boxing? It's just mad. No other way to say it, it's mad. Um, something that'll haunt me. Something that'll haunt me for the rest of my life. Uh, I don't know what happened. Do you remember it? I just don't know what happened. Like, did something just click and say, I don't want to be here? Were you getting hurt? He couldn't, he couldn't hurt me if he tried to. No disrespect to him. You know, he, he was in my class. Guys, explain that to me, Mick. Uh, there is no explanation. <laughs> I am absolutely shocked. I mean, Gomez just had reached the end of his tether. He was yeah. finished. He didn't want to have any more to do with it. And there comes a time in your career when you enough is enough. You yeah. just don't want anymore. Boxing is no longer for you. There's something wrong there. He, Do he you really feel it. that strongly about it? Oh, that's, a, that's a big statement to make. Something's not right here. But prior to that, when you had problems away, your sheer aggression got you through. Your sheer, for lack of a better word, hatred of your opponent got you through. What happened to that? 
Sovand. Too much pain, too much can. And do you think that's the one time I can't open you? I won't say it's the one time it's called me, but it's one of the times where I dedicate myself enough to call me. It's a boxer's attitude. You never try to tell them. Never want to quit. It's a bizarre one. It's a bizarre one. It brings all back to what I'm like, don't I? Yeah. You know, I never want to quit, but then I quit against him. And that's... That's why I feel that's so strange. That's why I feel... Yeah. I suppose the drinking drugs have to take toll at some stage, Michael. They have to break me down all the time. It should have been just a walkover. It should have been just like another fight. I made it into I made it into a battle. Cause of my own mental state. Promoter of last night's contest, Brian Peters, told RTE Radio Sport. I think it was as simple as this: Michael Gomez finished boxing. He quit boxing. He just happened to pick the fifth round in the National Stadium last night to do it. I think it's as simple as that. According to Michael Gomez, he decided to quit the sport mid-round of a lightweight national title fight in a packed arena. I'm going to make you know that the results have just come to me that it's gone, it's over. You know, uh, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know why it comes to me in the fifth round in the middle of the stadium. I think I could have been out walking, I could have been playing the kids. It just come to me and I turned away. As you see, I wasn't getting hurt. Um, it just, just, just comes to me at the time to the trial. My speech is not the best. See, see the reason for my speech is not like going. It's the way I parted that. Yeah. That's through the punches. Nothing to do with boxing? No, as far as I say, it's not to do with boxing. It's because I've OD'd a few times. Tried to kill myself. Did you? Yeah. When? Um, after the McDonald fight. You tried to kill yourself after the McDonald fight? Yeah. Made was in bits. Well, like I said, I'll live with the rest of my life. And what did you try? Try killing myself. How? Overdose on cocaine. I just couldn't live with it no more to kill what I don't. Just want to end it. Was it because you thought, you know, was it because of, was it because of what happened or was it because you thought boxing was over at that stage? Be yeah, both. They're both. God, I've never been able to come to terms with walking out of the ring. Never. Something You would have thought, for Michael Gomez, retirement beckoned after the McDonough fight. But incredibly, he boxed nine more times, including fights against big guns like Amir Khan and Ricky Burns. Well, Michael, did we simply lose to the better man tonight? Yeah, well, what it was, I just think he beat an old Michael Gomez, you know. Uh, the snap's been going for a while. I was just uh, tonight, I realised myself, you know. I think it was thank everybody, you know, and, uh, you know, there's going to be no tears, though. <laughs> Thanks for talking <laughs> to us. Michael makes himself a cup of tea. His last fight was an unregulated bout against a man called Mercedes who was saving up for a sex change. I'd like to win a major title as lightweight before I retire, you know. I'm only 28, I still, I've got till 32, 33 before I retire, but before I retire, I definitely want a European or a major world title. And that's, that's the goals and that's what I'm going to do. 
I've got to live with this for the rest of my life. What I could have done. Love you like what what could I have done if it had been dedicated? I've got to live with that for the rest of my life. It breaks my heart. I could have been easily world champion. My problems were all caused by myself. So it's hard to explain to somebody else. Do you truly believe that? Here's the way I lived. There's no one to blame but myself. It's just the man that looks back at me in the mirror. He's the man to blame. Yeah, man, I had a mental breakdown. Because I miss boxing that much. I've got to live with the facts. I never took it serious. All my life I've got to live with that. You had a mental breakdown, and so by a mental breakdown, what, exa what exactly happened? Just, just, just partying and very hard, not sleeping and being very upset about missing boxing. I'm just crying, Alison. Alison used to have to take a lot of backlash. For the first year, I was crying myself to sleep. It's a hard thing to replace. There's no, there's no replacing it. There's no replacing. You know, I've got. I'm always looking for something I'll never find. Was that the problem with the drink and the drugs? Yeah, I was always looking for something I'll never find. This is so bad. Do you not miss it? Yeah, I, I did. I missed a bye for the first year. First two months was a novelty, and I was falling a bit away from it. The next next year was just a nightmare. And you don't know what to do with yourself, and you miss the regime of training. I missed, yeah. I missed, I miss getting into the ring of fighting people. I miss getting in that challenge. It's tough not knowing what we're doing. Yeah, it's the best way. Looking for something we can't find. Michael's son enters. Michael Gomez Jr. He's a promising boxer, now signed to Frank Warren's stable. He's the opposite of his father. Knowing your father's lifestyle when he boxed, is that a lesson for you? Yeah, yeah. Seeing him now, sometimes he's alright and the game smooth ends. Like when he's in the gym, you can tell like he misses it as well. Like you can tell, like, when, like even in the gym when you're watching spine, you can tell he misses it. So, you know, like he's throwing the shot, he's yeah, yeah. bobbing and weaving. Yeah. Like, I, I, I suppose, are you gonna, are you gonna try and live the opposite life to what your dad lived? Is, is, that, is, is that what you want to try and do? Yeah, yeah, that's what I will do as well. Mm. I think a lot of people don't know your story. Your trainer tells me that you were born in a car and brought up in a children's home. It's, it's what a success. That was real life. It's not a story. It was great. Living every moment. Since I was tired, you know, I can look back and think, think, wow, that was me. I lived a dream. I lived a dream. What people dreamed of I lived. Just seem to um, seem to go so fast. Just passed so fast. My career. Look back on it, you know, it just passed so fast. 
Space now made it to the ring. I want myself in another shape. Bizarre. Madness. I change it all. Say that was me. I was Michael Gomez. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.